Welcome to season two of the Parent Stuff Podcast. We are back after a summer break, and I brought back one of my favorite guests. Don't tell the other ones. <laughs> Perry Reed. Perry, tell us all of your letters, all of your descriptions, and what you do for a living. I want all of them. Okay. So, yes, I'm a licensed professional counselor as, re- as well as a registered play therapist. So, that's what I do. I also do... Um, some specialized work like EMDR with children, adolescents, which helps with trauma. So I, I do have a trauma background um, in helping with clients as well. And now add business owner to the list. Yes, yes, at Shreveport Counseling and Restoration Center. My partner um, had a baby, no. so I'm super excited for her. But we're in there together, and she works mainly with adults. Um, I work with all ages, but I do specialize in children. So we'll put a link in in the bio, you're great to come on and help us out and talk. And we're going to give some free counseling advice today, Perry. You're going to spend some of your time to help some parents. But if you are looking for a counselor, if you're looking for somebody for your kids, we highly recommend Perry and Whitney. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so the last time you were on, it seemed like things were looking better, Perry. The world yeah. was getting a little better. We had the vaccine coming. COVID is just going to be gone. And now, 18 so months much. in, we're still right where we were. And in some ways worse. Yeah. So just in general, give us a little glimpse of the last six months in your practice of talking to families and kids, how you feel like COVID's affecting everything, and just COVID in general. Sure. We've seen a lot more increase in anxiety. Um, and because COVID, when they shut down everything, um, and then we talked a little bit about this previously, especially in Bossier Parish, everybody was on spring break, and then they never went back. Right. So for kids, it somewhat feels like, how do I know that's not going to happen again? Um, so there's that fear of the unknown. Then you have the other side of it, where every introvert in America loved <laughs> it, right? And now you're asking me to go back to school and have to deal with these people. Um, so you have, you know, extremes. On both sides. So we um, have seen more of equipping parents Hmm. with how to battle the negative thoughts that may be in a child's head. Like, I can't handle it. I have no control. And some of this, like a, a statement such as, I have no control, no choices or options, is true. Right? So we have to hold two truths. I have to hold the truth of I have no control over COVID. I have no control over this situation. And the truth of the only thing I do have control over is me. And what do I do with me? Mm. (laughs) My actions are my thoughts. And if there's a theme, Perry, that we have brought up when you're on, it's really a lot of times about the parents more than the kids. There's there's a lot of that, and it's very convicting as a parent. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old of the things we do and how we handle situations is a big way of how our kids will look at the world and do things. <laughs> and you typically would treat the kid, you would see the kid, but the parents have a big responsibility of setting the mood and the tone and controlling their anger, their worry, <laughs> their issues. Yep. And it's a lot easier to talk about the kid, yep. but people might have tuned this off already. But for the parents <laughs> that want to try to do it better, what are some things that you would tell those parents if their kids are anxious, if they are worried? What are some things that parents can do to help that? I think you have to look at, there's so much that can go along with that. I think, you know, not knowing a family dynamic, that's hard for me to answer. But I would think some of the, the basic tools that you do is you always validate. I'm 100%. I don't care if you think that what they're going through is that's your drama, not mine, or whatever. But nonetheless, you want to validate. You want to go, wow, I'm sorry this is hard for you. Or um, I recognize that you wish things were different. Sometimes when that child feels feels heard, the anxiety immediately 
goes down. It mm. immediately will just go, okay, I'm being hurt. I'm not being dismissed in my feelings. Um, and then you want to communicate. It all depends on what they're coming to you with. If they're coming to you with, like, I'm scared, I'm anxious, I don't know what to do validate always and then communicate what I say communicate co-regulation in other words we have to loan them our strength and calm mm. till they can develop their own what if we're not strong and calm huh? <laughs> what if we are not strong and uh, calm? yeah exactly. <laughs> I was about to get to that okay good um, I know a counselor no I'm just kidding um but yeah you you have to look at and I've had parents tell me I noticed when I get upset she gets upset yeah now we're just one up in each other, right? So they do feed off of what we give them. And that means that we have to look inside and go, what's going on inside of me when I hear or I see my child be anxious? Um, I may need to step back and take some deep breaths. And But that's also when together we go, wow, recognize that must make you really scared. You know what? That might make me scared. What can we do together right now that could help us both? Do you want to do some breathing? Um you know, you do, I call them bubble breaths, but if you've ever gotten out a thing of bubbles okay. I and have. you try to blow out of that wand and you blow fast, <laughs> no bubbles come out or very few. But if you blow slow, all the bubbles That's some ASMR out. there if you're listening I to mean, the Perry Blow Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had bubbles in the room. Right? right? I would have brought um, some if I'd known. <laughs> so, you know, doing something like that, taking a walk. Um, getting outside some, um, I'm even, uh, emotion is energy. So you have to figure out how to help yourself as well as the child get that energy out in a constructive way. One of the things I do is I have paper cups. You can get them in whatever size yeah. and I'll have the child write on those paper cups, what they're angry about, what they're sad about, scared about all the things. And then I go, are you ready to say, you don't scare me anymore? Are you ready to let that go? Or are you ready to get sent, get that energy out? And then we stomp it. Nice. You know how fun that is? That sounds fun. <laughs> we might go so do that at home. <laughs> exactly. You can you can do it with a multitude of things. So things like that you can do. What we have to remember, and I think the older the child gets, the more we're like, if they talk about that one more time. But it's not what we have to remember. It's their world. Mm. And when they come to us telling us what's hurting in their world, it is our job to enter their world but not enter the chaos of their world. Does that make sense? Yes, but that's hard. <laughs> oh, it's 100% hard, right? And so what we wind up doing is go and just go to your room and figure it out. Or, okay, well, that's fine, but, you know, kill them with kindness. I'm like, mm. You know, but that doesn't validate the child. I'm a little guilty of being a dismisser and uh, a (laughs) little, it'll be fine. So you want to communicate regulation, and then you want to help them think of an alternative. So it's, you know, the alternative would be let's go for a walk. Let's take some deep breaths. Let's stomp it out. What can we do right now that can help you to soothe yourself? Um, We're not going to be with them every minute of every day. If we try to fix everything, if we try to rescue, if we dismiss, we aren't teaching them how to self-soothe. Mm. They've got to figure out, you know what, my heart's racing right now. I go, I go from a holistic perspective. So what does the body experience? What does the heart feel? What does the brain think? The body is often the first indicator that our heart's been feeling something and our brain's been thinking something. So when I feel, you know, what I tell parents is you need to use that same language. You know, can you, I see a shift in you. Can you tell me what your body's experiencing right now? Um, no. Okay, well, let me help you. What I notice is you're, you're really tense right now. So maybe we can sit here and do some breaths. 
you know, things like that that help connect because reality is you can't be with them every single moment of every day. So they've got to figure out. So let's just throw a hypothetical out there. Please do. This is completely made up, no bearing at all. I'm just going (laughs) to say, let's theoretically say you left a soccer game that a three-year-old watched her sister play. The six-year-old, the older sibling, theoretically, got a snack and shared it with the little sister. The three-year-old didn't want the snack, even though sister was nice, and threw it at her and then (laughs) proceeded to cry because it wasn't the snack she wanted. Hmm. So, theoretically, what would you tell maybe a dad that had that happen? You know, first of all, I'd find out, what's going on in your childhood, dad? No. Yeah. You know, but maybe. Um, Theoretical dad somewhere. (laughs) So, probably the first thing I would do would be to validate. Uh, I know you wish you had something different. Now, in that instance, you would need to communicate a limit. Um, You would say, I recognize that you're upset. Snacks aren't for throwing. If you choose to throw the snack, you choose to lose. Or if, you know, you could also say, I recognize you're upset. Snacks aren't for throwing. Then you could communicate some co-regulation and go, what do you need right now for me to help you? Well, that makes me feel better because I said most of the things. She continued to cry all the way home mm-hmm. and was still mad and got no snack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on there. There we go. Exactly. So being able to, you know, like I said, be able to go, okay, let's go take a walk. Yeah. You know, if you had somebody there, if if that hypothetical dad had somebody there that could watch the other six-year-old, um, being able to just let's go take a walk or let dad hold you for a second and just – let it calm out but sometimes they're tired they're hungry they're all the things and if hypothetically they were playing in this heat they're also hot and they just are over it and sometimes you just got to let them be over it that's okay too sometimes what happens with us as adults is we get something inside of us gets unsettled when our babies get unsettled Mm. and rather than go that's their issue not mine I can sit here and be calm and go, I recognize that's so upsetting um, for you and be able to walk that process. Instead, it awakens something in us and we're just hot mess express ourselves and then nobody's winning in that situation. Or we want to give them a snack, even though they shouldn't get a snack. I'm not going to say anybody did that, but (laughs) we ended up with no snack, theoretically, (laughs) hypothetically. And the same thing goes for that. I'm glad you brought that up. So we can have two extremes. You know, we can have the extreme of you get snow snack and be like that. And I say this in a sense of being harsh in the way that you deliver it It would be more of an authoritarian. I always get these backwards. Yeah. Authoritarian or, no, you want a snack? It's going to help you not cry. And we were real permissive. We want the middle. I was more of the first. <laughs> Theoretically. Somebody Theoretically. Was. Theoretically. Well, thank uh, you. I'm just glad. I hope that helps somebody else too. That Yes. Yes. And at the end of the day, we're all human. Mm. We also have, if we do something wrong, we have the ability to tell our children, you know, I probably did. I didn't react to that. I apologize. And notice what I just said. I did not give a but. I did not give an and. I did not tell the child. But if you wouldn't have done this, I'm responsible for my behavior. That kid is not responsible for my behavior. Mm. So make sure that you, if you're going to apologize, you apologize for your behavior and you leave it. I'm not good at that either, Perry. (laughs) (laughs) But that is is very convicting. It is. That's good stuff. We want to go, let me tell you all the things you did wrong that made me act that way. If they got that much power, they got too much power. Oh, say that again louder for the people in the back. If they can do that, if they can do that, they have too much power. 
over you. And mm. you that's that's a not a healthy power differential there, obviously, um, for that. So, you know, you gotta take that power back in a healthy way. Um that's worth the prices podcast right here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dang. All right. Well, I don't, that's good. I'm, I'm wrestling with that right now. That's a good thought. We're going to move on. So this season of Parent Stuff, we're going to try to talk about technology in every mm. episode because I truly do believe technology affects every part of our lives. Yes. And in the course of human history, the book we're talking about, TechWise Family, says it really is a blink of an eye that technology has infiltrated every part of our life relative to all of human history. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot to draw on. Your, most parents did not grow up with the level of technology that kids have today. It is uncharted waters. Yes. And maybe somebody's listened to this to now 50 years, and they've got it all figured out, and they're better. But in 2021, Perry, we are dealing with it and trying to figure it out. I'm raising kids in it. You see a lot of kids that are probably talking about it, parents that are talking about it. Overall, in general, what would you say when someone comes to you and it involves technology, I'm sure it's not, you know what, they have really great healthy boundaries, everything's great with technology, we have no complaints. Probably not a lot of that, huh? What are some things you're hearing about kids at different levels dealing with technology and parents' frustrations? I would probably say that sometimes, now, let me state this, that I don't know, Evan, you're probably better at, at gauging the timeline on this. Let's just say within the last 10 years even, um, well, I guess 14 years when the iPhone 2007, came out. Then yeah. you've got the iPad. Then you've got, you know, all the things that you can use as technology, the tablets and everything, um, that there was a tendency for, and probably still is, that I didn't have this growing up. So... Of course I should get this for my kid and make life easier. Good in theory. Right. <laughs> right. But it we tend to try to make our child's life better, but sometimes in making it better we ultra, we also might introduce not introduce it's not right for the the I know intentionally a parent never wants to introduce harm to their child, but technology when we if there are no parameters Right. On it, it can be harmful. Unintended consequences. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so probably what I've seen more yeah. of is a parent feel guilty mm. for not giving their child technology. Yeah. So I know a family that uh, you would know that <laughs> I remember their kids complaining because they weren't allowed to have phones until high school. That was mm. their rule. And in middle school ministry, when they were in middle school, this was – Five, eight years ago, when everybody was getting a phone, and everybody had a phone, and they were the only parents that wouldn't let them get it. And it was a big deal to them. But now, they're in college. They look back, and we've had conversations about it, and they are thankful, and they didn't think they were ready. Yeah. And they could recognize that now. And I'm not saying they loved it, and they were super excited about it. But they do go back and see the merit of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a tension because it's the norm. Mm -hmm. You have kids that are doing more things that are out of the house. You want to be able to reach them. They need it. And in some extent, with technology, computers, and iPads and stuff for school, there is a need, and it's a lot easier to give them their own device than messing up yours or having to share <laughs> something. And yeah. I remember still having to go into the kitchen to use the actual PC that mm -hmm. was in there that was our family computer. We had to plug in the internet to use the Wi-Fi or the uh, the dial-up, yeah. and it would turn off the phone line, so we had limited time because you could not block up the phone. Yeah. And that was my lifetime. I'm 34, so. I, mean, I didn't have a whole lot of internet yeah. in my time. It didn't exist. And, and you're you not that what? much older than me. I mean, you're just a little bit down the road of these big changes in a mm -hmm. short amount of time, and right. everybody's scrambling to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I think 
with raising our kids, it's a guilt of too much screen time is more probably what I see and mm-hmm. talk to families of, mm-hmm. well, we let them do it and they complain and it's just easy. And mm-hmm. again, maybe at a hypothetical soccer game last night, this dad let the three-year-old watch the phone the entire 45 minutes after she got hot and tired. And maybe that contributed to the theoretical meltdown. <laughs> and so it is just one of those trade-off things yeah. because it was a lot more convenient to be able to watch the game. Exactly. And, and I've had parents, um, you know, go, I'm a single parent. I got to clean the house. I'm tired. I'm having to come home from work. Um, kids have to be on this and kids have to do this. I don't, I have to have some downtime. So if I got to give them a screen so I don't lose my mind, I'm going to give them a screen. And, I, you know, as a therapist looking into it, I'm like, dang, that's hard. It's hard being my mom was a single parent. I, she probably would have lived to have right. been a screen. And we I'm, had Rubik's Cubes when I was growing up. I'm just going to say some things to some older people, though, too. When your plan was as a kid, your parents just locked you out of the house and told you not come back before dark, that's really not that much safer. Can we just be honest about that? I think that kind of gets romanticized. and Possibly. It's really still not great parenting to say, don't come back in my house for the next four hours and leave me alone yeah, and just wander the neighborhood. Yes, when the street lights come on, you need to be home. But I feel like there's almost like, a, well, that was way better back in the day. Was it? <laughs> you go... From one extreme to the next, right? right? Um, And so I think probably, you know, what we have to remember as of right now, Pew Research stats. um, Is that Thomas Rainier? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, they did a study and like 80% of kids 5 to 11 use or interact with a tablet or a smartphone. 5 to 11. Oh, yeah. Nor 6. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's, yeah. And then 48 to 55% under the age of five interact with a tablet yes and so for us just reality second kid three-year-old eliza uses it way more than we let Nora use it mm-hmm. because sister's using it mm-hmm. and it's a lot harder to tell her no and to do it when the elder sister gets it and she wants her turn and so i do feel that struggle in my own house of we were stricter with oldest kid mm-hmm. and that probably gets into birth order stuff mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> kids turn out That's the way they do it is <laughs> but i do feel that because we feel like Nora can use it can do it handle it but then there's a tension and a constant struggle with the three-year-old using it we definitely are guilty of that ourselves and i've heard you know probably the 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 myth out there is number one i owe them that um and i tell my parents all the time i'm like "Mm, no the state statutes say you only have to feed them and it doesn't say it has to be more than peanut butter and jelly (laughs) it says you gotta clothe them don't say it has to fit and you gotta put shelter and have running water, and you can just, you know, imagine all that. So you giving them a tablet, you giving them a phone, you giving them a computer is a privilege. Mm. And one of the things I have to work with parents on is that you have to remember these are privileges. Yes, you you love your child, so you want to offer that to them. But I think the other myth is they can handle it. And parents, whether naively or they just don't know, because, again, in our generation, it wasn't as heavy. But there's ways for pornography to get on that phone and for kids to get into sites they should never be on. Um, And, yes, you intend it. The parent intends it for something good, but it's as good as its user. Hmm. So if the user doesn't have the ability to do good with it, the user doesn't need it. Yeah. So for us, again, just real-time example, 
uh, Nora, the oldest one, this last year got on YouTube and watched something that had zombies in it. Mm. Freaked Mallory out. She accidentally clicked it. It was a click through to something else on the TV in the living room and just going through. And so we took YouTube off. That was mm. just one of those things that even YouTube kids had stuff that we thought wasn't appropriate for a five or six year old when she got to watch. And so we tried to limit it to things that we know are safe, the Netflix or a Disney Plus that has the account. It's password protected for the adult one for us. Mm -hmm. They have their own thing that's separate, but YouTube didn't make the cut. So we took YouTube off. And mm -hmm. when she comes to my office now, she wants to watch YouTube. Cause it's the <laughs> only place we let her watch it when she's having to come into work or do something. Mm -hmm. But it's not at home. We just YouTube yeah. wasn't it. And so it's a constant adjustment. But I think it goes back to being involved. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot harder than take this and leave me alone for 30 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to research. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to talk to smart people like you. I'm trying to find out things and figure out ways to do it as a parent. But it's a lot. <laughs> and it it tiring. And I'd much rather sometimes just zone out and let them do their own thing. But trying to be involved and watch things that they watch to know what they're watching. To make sure it's okay if they want to watch it. To Absolutely. And let's them. just be real. Parenting's hard. Amen. Parenting is hard and you need a break. And sometimes, whether you're a single parent, two parent household, whatever it is, you are thinking, I just need to get away from the kids. I need a break. I need to breathe. And that's your way to breathe. You know, so, but what we have to remember though is in parenting, we are responsible. Yeah. Because their brains aren't fully developed till they're 25. We then have to know that at seven, they aren't thinking, if I click on this, gosh, pornography could be on the other side of this. Right. They're just like, that is a really pretty toy, <laughs> and I just want to click on that, yeah. right? And then we're like, I can't believe she would do that. You should believe that she can do that. Not to mention the ethics and the idea that there are companies clickbait things that are oh, specifically absolutely. designed to try to get your kids' attention and keep it. Yes, yes. And that was the one of the things that, um, you know, as far as what we should do to help is we cannot ask of others what we're not willing to do ourselves. This is getting in dangerous waters, Perry. <laughs> this is going back to work on me instead of you just fixing my kid. I don't want to make this stuff for me. You just fix it. Right? Make it better, Perry. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if we're saying you don't need to spend so much time on your phone, but what am I doing when I get home? Their words are going to eventually be, well, why, why are you on your phone? So we can't get mad at them for the very things that we're doing because they're going to model for us what they've seen mm. on there. And we have to be cautious of that. Um, another thing, too, is having a no phone zone. If it's dinner time, and I, I've heard, oh, he'll never do that. No way. If you turn off that Wi-Fi, if you turn off that router, he's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Whitaker is a blogger, writer, speaker, and I remember a couple years ago, he got so frustrated that he made it to where you had to do the chores and earn the Wi-Fi password for that day. Absolutely. He reset it every day, and you didn't get it until your stuff was done. And that's the thing with technology, because it is a privilege. I've told my parents before, they earn their time on that. Mm. And if, let's say that, and you do need to limit your screen time. Um, you know it's good for your family but let's just because i'm not good at math i'm just doing this on real simple terms no judgment here <laughs> so if you know you they have to do their chores or they have to do their homework or just be kind um that's how they're going to earn that time for that day on that ipad so let's say you give them 30 minutes a day each thing that they do they can earn 10 minutes but if they choose not to do those things they choose not to have their those 10 minutes so if they do two things, great, they get 20 minutes. Well, you told me I could have 30. That thing says 30. Did you do 30 minutes worth of it? 
And for us, you know what the best and most convenient thing is? An Amazon Echo. So we have them in our house, and we tell it to set the timer, and we do a lot of things on timers. The yes. cleanup song that you got to go, and you have this many minutes to clean up to do it. But that is something that we do use and has worked well. So if you have one of those, you just say, hey, Alexa, go and set a 10-minute timer, set a 5-minute timer, yeah. and then they exactly. go and do it. It's convenient. It's there. It's always on. And they know now when that goes off, there's a lot less fight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Really, yeah. But that's, that's how it needs to be because, again, um, if – if I'm just saying, okay, well, you want five more minutes. Okay, well, you want five more minutes. Well, now I keep pushing my boundary. And what, if, what do I teach the child? Oh, if I keep asking and if I keep pushing, get I will what I get want. what I want. <laughs> yep. And that's when the power gets switched. And then we're mad when they're 16. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go there, parent. I can't go there yet. Right. If you're listening as a parent of teenagers, thank you. <laughs> God bless you. Um, a couple of other things. We talked about the earn, earning the uh, time on the screen. A tech contract. Now, one of uh, I found a great one on Pinterest, um, and if I can find it, I'll send it to you. You can put it on the. And I actually have a couple too that I'll put in the show notes. Okay, so awesome. we've done this before with middle school parents okay. when I was the middle school pastor. Yeah, go ahead. But it's a great idea. And so having them, you know, laying that out, and then you sign it as the parent, and the child signs it. No ifs, ands, or buts around it. It's stated, it's written, you go over it together, and what I like about it is it not only keeps the child accountable, keeps the parent accountable. So again, if we're going to set boundaries and we don't honor the boundaries we set, we can't expect the child to. But a contract makes you aware and just, you know, have it on the refrigerator. So you can reference it. If you forget, (laughs) it's right there. Exactly. You can't complain. Right on there. Um, some of the other things is that uh, many parents are just not aware of what tools are out there. Um, the Bark app is a good one. And I've that heard is of it. Where, I've never used it, but yeah. So if if any type of bullying is going on, if any type of language is given in a text or anything, it alerts the parent. Um, Covenant Eyes mm-hmm. is one, uh, and some of these do cost. Um, some of them are free. Screen Time app. Yep. And yeah, this so the is Apple actually changed this. Oh, I don't did know they? if you remember, but a while back I spoke in the main service mm-hmm. and there was an app called uh, Mind, I believe, that was going. And then Apple incorporated it as their default for every phone. Oh, I so love that. Every Apple iPad device and computer will tell you your screen time. It'll break it down by hour, by minute, and how many days and what you're doing. And you can set limits. So built into your iPhone, you can say you can only spend 30 minutes on Instagram. And after that, it locks out and you got to have a password. There you go, parents. Let's really trick the kiddos. <laughs> there you go. Google it. It's easy. There's also one circle parent controls um, is another one. Um, and then parent controls for router, televisions, and Wi-Fi. That's probably the easiest that I see. If you set that timer, 9 o'clock, it goes off. And I'll go, what about my kid if they have to do homework? Then I'd probably do it before 9 o'clock. Just saying. Yeah. Um, if you know there's an because there's always an exception to every rule, it sure. seems. If you know that you have a 20-page paper due like I do in two weeks, yeah. um, you might have to have it extend. Yeah. But that means the but child has But the parent has, has the control, right. Yes, to, that, to the parent. Um, and let's and, just say real quick. Yeah. If you're not tech savvy, there's a power cord for every modem. <laughs> you plug it in. You take the cord with you to bed. They can't do anything. Exactly. <laughs> and at the end of the day. Um, and then the last one is don't get them. Um, if you don't want to get them a screen, don't get them one. It's not going to harm them. Like you said, five or eight years, everybody's got a phone. I don't have a phone. You know what? We call that a burner phone. 
if they need to get in touch with you and you don't you don't feel that they have the um, responsibility or maturity yet to use something that gives them unlimited access, number one, you can set many controls on any phone. But number two, just get them a burner phone. They can contact you. Don't need to be texting Flip anybody phone. on the plot. Exactly. We had a friend that worked at AT&T, and he said the number one selling phone was iPhone. Number two was actually a flip phone. Wow. And it was older people that didn't want to mess with them, and it was parents that were giving it as their first phone for kids. Exactly. And there are some things like uh, that look like an Apple Watch. Yeah. But for kids, and they can call their parent on it, or they can text their parent on it, but that's all that they can do, and the parent can actually set um, who the child can contact on there so there are things like that that they can do to ensure safety for their children but still be able to know where their child is and and those kind of things it's a balance so the book we're promoting this whole season perry read is fantastic it's called tech wise family you'll hear us talk about it a lot we'll do it i highly recommend it and there's a couple rules in there air quote rules that we do try to enforce and live by and one of them is screen-free meals Mm. so Oh, I would say 98% of the time when we eat together as a family, there's no screens. Mm-hmm. There's Everything's off. We turned in. The other day, actually, Eliza, our three-year-old, we, she was on the iPad. It was a Sunday. I was doing something for church on my work computer. I had it sitting there with a hard drive plugged in. It was in the, I think it was on the kitchen counter. So I said, all right, Eliza, it's time to put your iPad up. We're going to have dinner. So she went and put her iPad up. She did great. And then I was gone doing something else. I came back, and she had ripped the hard drive out of my computer and closed it. And said, here, I helped put your computer to sleep too, Daddy. <laughs> so she was being helpful. <laughs> she was. But she knows and that we're all screen-free. We all do that. And I would That's say the great. majority of meals, we do that. Now with soccer, it changes, and I'm getting to that phase where I do understand it's harder. Mm-hmm. And last night, we, we had to eat Chick-fil-A on the road, and we were doing it as we were going. And it gets complicated, but we make a lot of effort to make sure that adults, too, TV's off, screens are done, eating meals together, and that's a big one in TechWise family of having that time Good. to communicate, finding ways to do that. And the other thing is putting your phone to sleep. That is the same thing with kids as they get older when they have a phone that you put it to sleep before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. This one we're not so great at as adults. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> we're figuring it out trying to get there. But for our age kids, it's easy because the iPads, we turn them in before they get a little bit of time, probably about 30 minutes a day after school, in between when Mallory's doing stuff, making dinner, and then we're done with it for the rest of the night. They don't look at it before bed. They're reading a book before they go to bed and just trying to find those things. So for us in that phase, it is a little bit easier because we do have that control. The iPads get checked into a docking station in our room so they can't even get them when they don't have access to them and they got to come get them from us basically. Mm -hmm. But it's a battle. It's complicated. And setting those timers and trying to get them to do it and watch it and be conscious of it. Mm -hmm. On top of everything else with parenting. Yeah. It's a lot. Everything else, right? But I hope this conversation's helped you. I hope you've enjoyed this. We're always thankful to have Perry Reed on. Thank you. I'm a serial podcaster. Serial. Serial simple podcaster. Our most frequent guest. Absolutely. And you just knocked your drink over. (laughs) Got excited about being here. So we're going to end the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week on Parent Stuff.